Hello and welcome to episode eight of the How to Hobby podcast. I'm your host, John Power, once again, joined by the music man himself, Sean Bennett. Sean, how you doing? I am doing great. I am super stoked for the topic tonight. This is a big passion of mine. So like, I, I am ready to go. Oh, man. Well, before you go, Sean, we got to we got to let the let the listeners know how they can go to our website and give us some some feedback on how we're doing. We've got all the stuff up and running now. You've been you've been working hard behind the scenes. Thank you for that. Uh, But let's let's walk them through. They can get to us through the website, right? Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. How to hobby podcast dot com. Send us a line. We have a, a question answer section of the website. Sean's been watching it like a hawk. We've also got an Instagram how to hobby podcast. And you can find us on Spotify. That might be where you're listening to us. But the most important thing is you can email us at how to hobby podcast at gmail.com. And we will be ready to send you some amazing references or, uh, you know, resumes. Uh, we're, we're, we're openly reviewing. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Listeners. Don't send us a resume. Sean will reject that piece of information. But tonight we are going to be going through something that Sean and I are. Man, we were just nerding out for about 20 minutes before we even started recording tonight. And it just brought me back to to high school and just enjoying this art form. And you're probably wondering once again, what is John talking about? Sean, you're probably wondering. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sitting here just in in confusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Sean, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna unveil here um, the aura of confusion. We're talking about music tonight a very important hobby in both Sean and my life. Uh, we, we are both musicians. We've, we've definitely had our uh, fair share of things, but Sean actually was just going to tell me a story about how, when he was in a rock band, he decided to get two <laughs> rums for, yes, uh, for bass. So give yeah. me, walk me through this, Sean. I'm, I'm oh, curious. Yeah, you, uh, you, uh, intru- I love this. You introduced us as uh, musicians and I'm about to drop a story about rock band video game. <laughs> 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 I thought you were I, in a rock band. Oh, okay. All uh, right. No, no, no. This is, this is this is that video game. Uh, okay. To give oh, you guys good. an understanding of how much of a nerd I am with music, when I got rock band, I loved playing the, the guitar I started with, and I went to drums. And then I went from drums. I was like, you know what? One one bass pedal is not enough. I need two. And so for Christmas, I actually asked for a second bass pedal and the whole adapter setup so that I could play drums faster on rock band. So that is that's not the only music background I have, but that was that's classic that you started with that, John. That's perfect. That's yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that yeah, that's just scratching the surface of your oh, your yes. musical pedigree. You are it's it's probably only going to go up from there. But but to be honest with you, I never even had that thought. So the fact that you had the ingenuity to request it, mom, I want another uh-huh. bass bass drum. I didn't even know you could do that. Did you have to look it up on YouTube? I did actually. I didn't look up <laughs> how to do it because for me and, and you guys will talk about this a little bit later, but I'm a really big uh, hardcore metal fan. And so all of the, the metal songs I wanted to play on rock band, the 
bass was too fast for me with a single pedal. I couldn't do it quick enough. And so I actually asked for a second pedal. So I would just pound the hell out of those things playing rock band. It was, it was like the highlight uh, of my Christmas that year. It was, it was amazing. Well, when rock band came out, that and Guitar Hero, I mean, Guitar Mm -hmm. Hero started, right? It scratched the itch. But when rock band came out and you could just play drums, oh man, I got, yeah, I got the warm fuzzies too, man. Don't worry. This is, this is perfectly, but why don't we let the the listeners know what, what kind of our musical background is and why they need to listen to us because right now they're going, Oh dude, uh, (laughs) these guys are crazy once again. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop listening right now. Um, but please don't do that listeners. We're going to tell you what our pedigree is. Sean, what'd you do? Uh, so from the age of eight until 18, a little into college, I played the cello. I was in the orchestra. I was what you would re- uh, commonly refer to as an orca dork. Um, we were, we were the stringed string instrument weirdos is uh, what I spent most of my life playing. I played a little bit of guitar, a little bit of bass. I've kind of dabbled in a bunch of different instruments, but my main instrument growing up was uh, the cello. Well, that is amazing because my main instrument is the complete opposite. I actually played the drums Uh (laughs) (laughs) from the age of 15. Actually, I started a little later than you, man. Um, I started with piano first from about 12 to 15. And then at 15, I was finally given the the keys to the, the castle. I, I had done my stint on the piano, which I still love piano. Don't get me wrong. But uh, that's when I transitioned to to drums. And I definitely was a little bit of a late bloomer with it. Uh, but now I am still currently playing, Sean. I, as you know, I'm I'm in a band locally here called mm-hmm. Dive Vibe. You know, take the dive, feel the vibe, man. It's it's a movement here in San Diego. I like no other. And uh we actually have a live show coming up here, live streamed show this Friday. Ooh. So I am, I am continuously uh, pushing that passion as well as the how to hobby podcast. I mean, these are, these are things that I love and um, you know, that's why I guess you should take us serious because well, before we really get into what you need, let's, let's talk about again, kind of our methodology behind music, Sean, because this is going to be a little bit more of an exercise of, of a a headier episode, I think. And um, so, yeah, you started with the cello, but when you are sitting down to play your cello, you know, I think there's probably an emotion that comes over you. Uh, Am I correct? Definitely. It wasn't like that when I started, when I first started cello, I basically started because I was told to. Um, it was in fourth grade, you were required to either be in the elementary school orchestra, band, or choir. And I can't oh. sing, and the wind instruments did not entice me at all. And so I went straight to the orchestra and I listened to someone from one of the local symphonies came and kind of demonstrated every instrument. And when he played the cello, it just talked to me. It was like, I was like, that is cool. I, so I, I, found the cello by listening to kind of what connected with my soul, I guess, if you want to get a little headier about it. Um, but I only did it because I had to for school. 
Um, and then that passion developed as I got older and I got more into the music and I got more into listening to the classical music and understanding how all of the instruments played together and how they all sounded and the different ways you could write music and orchestrate music. And so that, that passion wasn't there when I started. It kind of developed as I continued to play and understood more about the instrument itself. And I, I made a connection with the instrument. The more I played, the more I under, felt like I understood what it wanted to sound like. I know that sounds really weird, but I swear that's how it was for me. No, that doesn't sound weird at all. I'm actually just <laughs> taking it in. I mean, I was just literally thinking, oh man, it's already going there, Sean. I was just <laughs> sitting here thinking how music makes me feel mm-hmm. and the way you were relating to it just kind of brought me right to that, that point. So hopefully uh, that's I, multiple people are feeling the same way as, as what you described. I mean, and, and when did, so what was the time frame for you to kind of develop in your passion? Would you say, was it a five-year period? Was it a two-year period? What, what should the listeners be expecting when they're diving into it for the first time? Yeah. So I think my case is a little unique and only because I started so young, uh, you know, like as a kid when you're eight, there's a select group of people who would rather play an instrument versus go outside and play. So I think that kind of contributed to me taking a little bit longer to develop my passion for it. But really for me, it was probably about the three to four year mark. So for most people, it'd probably be a little bit quicker. But, you know, when I got to like 11, 12, and I really got into actually playing with the orchestra, uh, that was really cool for me. And then the the mm-hmm. thing that actually clicked for me that that made it more than just uh, like this is fun. It was a passion is actually I my freshman year of high school, I tried out for the uh, honor orchestra, the San Diego Honor Orchestra, and actually got in and I got to play on the same stage at Copley Symphony Hall where the San Diego Symphony plays. And I actually got to play oh. in the hall and actually do a whole performance. Ooh. And that sitting on stage, seeing where my passion had taken me to where I was now sitting in the same the same chairs that the San Diego Symphony cello players sit in, putting my cello and peg into the exact same slot that they put theirs, like it just something clicked inside me, and I was like, this this is cool. And I ended up doing that all four years of high school, doing the, the honor orchestra and playing there. Um, Wow. So for me, it took about it took about three to four years. Uh, but my passion for music has always been there. I remember my oldest memories with music go back to my dad's terrible brick MP3 player that was like state of the art when we had it. And I remember listening to ACDC, uh, Metallica, and just you know just sitting in on the floor with headphones on, listening to music. And so it's music has been a part of my life as long as I can remember. <laughs> I, it, it really cracks me up because you're not even going to believe the kind of music that I grew <laughs> up on. I mean, you, you're, you sound pretty standard. It's, it's great. I had, I can't even find most of the bands that my dad would play us. <laughs> my dad was in the military. So uh, he did a stint in Okinawa for a while okay. when he was, when he was based out of San Diego the first time. So for a lot of times he had this, Japanese style like field it was like a a sumo the album cover was a sumo wrestler in headphones with his kimono on um if that tells you anything and it it's about exactly maybe 
picturing the music that would come from that. It's a lot of artistic uh, vision, um, some thunder. Um, <laughs> it was it was an experience, but you know what I. And then from there, you know, went to the going cross country with Shania Twain blaring as a young kid. Uh, man, I feel like a woman, uh, you know, stuff like that really, really hit home for me. Um, I mean, that was fun in, in, when he put that on in the old Pontiac, I feel like, yeah, once again, Sean, you had a, we're a completely opposite side of what I was experiencing <laughs> as a young kid. Um, the one cool story though, I will say, and one thing I do remember, and I still play this album from time to time is Maynard Ferguson, who's a, uh, who's a really good trumpet player. Uh, and my mom's, uh, I think he's a nephew of hers or like, he's related to her in some way. He lived in her hometown, but his name is Marco Marasinko. And he was the drummer for one of Maynard Ferguson's tours. So they went and saw him and the album is, uh, what back to Birdland, I believe. And yeah, we've got the, I pulled up his wiki, the Birdland dream bands. Um, that's that's his, uh, that's his like, he does a lot of, I think it might be take me back to Birdland. Okay. Uh, Maynard Ferguson. We're going to, we're going to just look it up here. He has a ton of albums. His discography is very intense, but I remember specifically being young and listening to jazz. If so jazz for me was, was a, a music that just, it, it just kept on giving. Oh, one more trip to Birdland, 1996. That's the, that's the album. And oh man, it is a banger of a jazz album. Maynard Ferguson can hit these notes on the trumpet that not many can do. He is unbelievable. Additionally, Marco, the drummer, jazz drummers are, I don't know what they do. I I'm still trying to understand how and what and where they do it. Uh, but unbelievable and that was definitely an album that i still go back on and get jazzed about no pun intended and really just enjoy music and sean right before this came on we were actually kind of nerding out i feel like in in the similar way you know i was getting that same feeling you're describing of just the joy that you get filled with by Mm -hmm. various types of music i mean the thing is right you remember sitting down and listening to these harder rock albums you know i sort of remember listening to world music and and country and now in the jazz so i was all over the place uh but it kind of has shaped me into who i am and how i interact with music because i'm not i don't really discriminate on the on the different types yeah that's a that's exactly how i am too so i guess a little bit more of a, a background for the listeners for me so I, I grew up with a very diverse background of music. One, I have to throw it out there because my grandma would be disappointed if I didn't. But my third cousin is actually Barbara Mandrell, the famous country singer. Um, and then my dad actually spent 20 years DJing in the nightclubs for the military. Um, so that's actually where awesome. I grew up with my musical taste is 80s pop and 90s hip hop. 
because that's when my dad played in the clubs. So that's when I, when I say I listen to music growing up, I, on the same MP3 player, I could bounce from Metallica to ACDC to, uh, Oh, just left me, uh, Tupac, uh, Biggie. Uh, then I could jump into, uh, every older back blue oyster cult, uh, blue order. Um, I think it's blue order. My dad would be upset with me right now. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I spent my whole life bouncing from my main love was classical and metal music. But then my dad listened to eighties pop, nineties hip hop. My mom listened to old school country. So like I grew up with this very diverse background in music as well, which means I don't discriminate either. There's, and I think that's something you know we talked about when we were trying to plan the show and going over some of the show notes was when you're trying to figure out what kind of music you like, it's important to not discriminate because you may have heard one song that maybe you didn't like that was a country song, but it doesn't mean you wouldn't like another country song. So important if you're trying to find what music speaks to you is to listen to everything. That's right. So that's actually going to segue into our form just beautifully, Sean. Well done. You are now officially a part of the podcast and the order. I love what it. you need tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is to listen. And Sean just laid it out beautifully. Once again, we're going to preach a, a core value here when it comes to music, and that is variety, especially when you're starting out. It's very important. Uh, and additionally, listening with intent, uh, because you, as Sean just said, it's going to be very easy to uh, pinpoint if you're focusing on what you enjoy and what you don't. Um, Sean, are there, I just, I'm curious now, are there certain, certain genres that you don't enjoy as much as others? And yeah, why? So, so for me, I like pretty much everything except for opera. Um, I have tried, I've been to a few operas. I've really tried to build a, like a love for opera. I can 100% appreciate the talent, but to me, I do not like the kind of singing, the high pitched, the in very, very <laughs> intense, uh, trebling. Like to me, it's just, it's too much. It, it's, I'm not a fan. I can appreciate the talent, but it's just not my kind of music. But when I listen to, which is funny because I listen to so many different kinds of music, but like when I, I get uh, one thing I'm going to mention, John, you mentioned listen with intent. I think it's really important to, pay attention to why you like certain music because you can get the same melody from a hardcore metal song that you can get in a jazz song because mm. the melody can be the same notes. It's just the instruments it's played on or the aggression of the speed that it's played with or the smoothness of jazz. So there's, it's important to listen to maybe like take your like five, top five songs and try and figure out why you like them. You know, does, do you like the way the singer's voice sounds? Do you like the background instruments? Because that, that right there is how you get into weird instruments like cello. Like that's, that's a very <laughs> odd instrument. If you ever talk to anybody that you, and I used to say, I play the cello, they either know the violin or they know the big stand-up bass. No one's ever heard of the cello, but if you listen to some really popular songs, they've had cello in them and you go, man, I, 
that sounds so sexy. And you're like, okay, well, that's a cello. Now I found out there's a, another instrument I didn't hear about. So mm. it's important when you listen with intent, pay attention to what this, like why the song makes you feel the way it does. And that will really help you narrow down what you get out of music and why you like it so much and what you can look for in other genres to hopefully find the same thing. That's, that's beautiful, Sean. I actually, it's so funny. I, uh... I've been listening to this guy named Cody Fry a lot, which we're going to, after this, we're going to take a little listen because one of his songs, he's, he does a lot of interesting orchestral instrumentation. And in my mind, you mentioned sexy. In my mind, there is nothing that sets the mood better in almost any genre than a dramatic or loving melody on by, done by an or- orchestra. Um, and I think you mentioned this last time when we were planning, but you kind of said for you, it sounds like the cello was talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's interesting for, for the people, especially when it comes to trying to find your instrument. Was that one of the things, which is another thing, like what you need, you need to find your instrument. Mm-hmm. So was that something that drove you to the cello or you know, as comparison to other orchestral instruments? Yeah. So what really drove me to the cello was one, like we, like I mentioned, it felt like, I felt like it talked to me, but also the kind of music I like to listen to. It's one of the reasons I don't really like opera is I like music where the melody is within my standard vocal range. I discovered that like analyzing all of my music looking over the last few years, when you look at it, I like music that sounds similar to my vocal range of what I can sing because it just resonates with my ear because I hear my voice all day. So for me, the cello has the deep bass. It has a little bit of the highs. It kind of partners that together where it's about the normal human speaking tone. And so I think that's part of what, why cello called to me so much is Mm. it just sounded like everything I was familiar with. Well, the music I listened to, the people I listened to, I could re- replicate the voices, the, the popular songs. I mean, it's it's not very hard to take almost any popular song and adopt it to the cello because it has the vocal range that it does. So that that was one of those things when I was finding my instrument. Granted, I was younger, so I didn't quite... For me, this is a little different. I didn't find my instrument then. I rediscovered my current instrument and why I had such passion for it as I got older because I was so young when I found it. But to me, like it just it resonated with who I was. It sounded so smooth. Um, it's kind of funny. Like sometimes I'll lay in bed and I'll just put like a yo-yo ma on, and it just I can instantly feel like my being relaxes when I hear the cello. I relax, and that that's one of the reasons I stuck with it as long as I did. Oh, that's awesome. And what a time to have that, you know, with so much change and stress going on in the world we currently live in, you know, having that opportunity to just lay back and relax and let your body relax, you know, that must come in pretty handy, which I, I, I'm sure it does. Um, so thanks for sharing that, Sean. I think yeah. that's very insightful for the, for the viewers and, and another reason why we want to talk about music in general This is something for Sean and I that is a passion. We've mentioned that it's a passion, but also we have related on the fact that this is a life giving passion. This Mm -hmm. is something where I come back from my 
band practices. I have band practices on Monday nights. When I come back from a band practice, I just feel energized, re revitalized. Like you, uh, that a lot of the stress from Monday has fallen away and I've just been able to really put it all out there on my instrument and not really think, because I think Sean, for me, at least I've gotten to the point where I'm so familiar with my instrument, my voice that I don't have to think it's similar to, you know, probably like a working out sort of thing where it's, I'm thinking about it, but it's an extension of my hand. So if I want to try and be a little bit more creative in a practice, I'll do that. But if I don't, I just want to play more straight away. I can just let it ride and still get the same amount of joy. And it's just interesting how your mood dictates how much and what your voice is, even on that given night. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. And I, I think it's a really cool coincidence that you and I both play very drastically different instruments. So you play drums, which is a very commonly upfront type of instrument. So guitar, drums, bass, vocals, don't forget vocals isn't also an instrument. Oh yes. Um, you know, <laughs> for listeners out there, don't feel like just cause you don't play an instrument with your hands, you can't use your voice. Um, you know, there's, right. don't forget, there's also, there's snapping. There's, there's all kinds of inst- ways to play music out there. But mm-hmm. the, the cool part is like you play an instrument that I think is really cool. And a lot of people will see up front. Like it's really, a lot of people want to learn how to play drums because it's a really popular instrument. But mm-hmm. I think it's also cool to look at someone who plays a cello. that's an instrument no one's ever heard of. And so that speaks to the listeners out there. If you're trying to find an instrument don't feel like you either have to pick an instrument that everyone sees or that you have to pick an instrument that's unique. It's entirely up to whatever speaks to you. If the guitar speaks to you, go out and play guitar. If the ukulele speaks to you, go out and get a ukulele. If the spoons speak to you, go out and get some spoons. Like you can, it doesn't matter what instrument it is, just that you play it with a passion. That is, oh man. Okay, quick question. So what is your we're both going to say the instrument we're going to next okay mine so, mine is the saxophone for sure Ooh. that's it that's that's saxophone is the only wind instrument that i really like it's it's a very very sexy sounding instrument <laughs> <laughs> i have to admit i'm going to say sexy a lot tonight the that's, music, that's fine music, i like music it it's such a uh, a thing to me that it's just, it has this smoothness to music that I really like. M- music is sexy. Sean, music, we're, we're bringing sexy, sexy back in the how to hobby <laughs> podcast. And it's, it's only, what is it? It's only May. So this is yeah. uh, <laughs> awesome. So what's your instrument? You know, it's kind of a really popular one right now. I'm, I kind of want to learn how to play the ukulele. Uh, oh, I man. really, really like uh, Hawaiian music, but also Hawaiian reggae. Uh, that's another really, really big music style that I like. Uh, you know, Pacific Islander music and just the whole the Hawaiian music in general. And I've always wanted to learn ukulele because uh, it's such a versatile instrument too. You can play so many different genres of music on the ukulele. Mm, interesting. I actually did not. My first band out in San Diego here was actually called fighting with irons and my lead singer played ukulele, but I didn't realize that it was so diverse, uh, in, in the sense of like how many things you can play on it. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely have to look more into that. I mean, yeah, our, our music was, it, it was, man, it was such a, uh, I'll have to play you some of that as, as well. Sometime I'm sure we're, we're still on Spotify somewhere. Um, but yeah, we definitely had that kind of wind in the sails, uh, beachy thing going for us so it was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun to have that in the in the musical elements that we were putting forward um but let's talk about uh something that we both think is important listeners and something that i think sean and i both wish we dove into a little bit more me specifically with piano when i was playing piano and that's something i still want to go back and and learn more as i'm getting older i talk about sexy i'm sorry man oh piano is <laughs> it is it, it puts drums to shame and i know it um 100 and it's something that i still still grapple with to this day i want to go back and and get it get it going but it is learning sheet music that's something that we view as a extremely necessary skill when it comes to learning an instrument and it's, and it's hard, right, Sean? <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's the unsexy part of music is learning the sheet music. And in my experience, so where, where I fell short with sheet music is I learned how to read sheet music very quickly for the cello, but the cello really only operates with bass clef. And if you're not familiar with the clefs, uh, if you've never read sheet music, go ahead and Google this real quick. So the cello instrument, the cello, <laughs> the cello uses the bass clef, sometimes tenor clef, if you're getting into okay. the higher notes on the, mm-hmm. the high string. But I never learned how to read treble clef. And so even though it's just a small, a slight shift of notes, depending on what line you're looking at, I never learned how to read treble. I never even really learned how to read tenor. I would just kind of play the high notes by ear. So I missed out on a large part of learning sheet music. And then I pigeonholed myself into only learning one clef. And that's really important. Uh, it's big if you're learning guitar. I think most of us have some treble, some in bass. Uh, if you're learning cello, it's all in bass, some in tenor, violins, all in treble. So, it, But the piano, you play both. One hand plays the bass clef, one hand plays the treble clef. So you get to learn both, learning how to read both at the same time. So I wouldn't mm. pigeonhole yourself into learning one or the other. I would try and learn them both at the same time. If you're already going to have to take the time to learn how to read it, because it's like a new language, you might as well learn how to do both at the same time. That's that's my plug for some advice to the listeners based on I, my my shortfall. I, I love it. I, I did not. I was the... And I think this is the thing when you're young. And if, you, if we do have some younger listeners listening to this, we hope you're listening and, and you're taking this in because again, this stuff is important. And uh, we want to give you this, this background knowledge that we have already established. When I was young, I, my ear was very developed. I could hear and do, and I was really into jazz. So I was like, Oh, it's cool, man. I'm just like, I'm a jazz pianist. I can just listen. And my teacher was all jazzed about it too. So he would kind of feed that machine and just be like, Oh, we're going to go to like the real stuff. And you're just going to get this. And I could just watch him. And then I'd know by sight and ear what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the worst thing I could have done. I mean, of course you get the, the meats and potatoes, or I guess I should say the top level, um, you know, understanding, but as far as the nuts and bolts, that go to make the entire thing and bring it together. That's where I was lacking. And I still, 
you know, I think I was playing really hard stuff um, and did not really a hundred percent know how to read it successfully. And I think that was a major shortcoming of mine. And again, based on immaturity and youth, uh, there's a reason why rudiments are important in drumming. And it's a little bit different in drums. Like there is sheet music and I'm pretty, I'm okay at reading it. Uh, I've, I've actually taught, but it's sort of more based on rudimentary stuff and beats and how you put those places um, and independence, but with piano, this is rudimentary is knowing how to read the language. So yeah, take our word for it listeners. And, and it is a definitely something you need. We're going to, we're going to always tell you to go to the basics, learn and listen and read. So just, just going through again, that was a little all over the place, I believe in, in, in form. So if you are trying to get some understanding where we broke down, listen, that's the first thing we want you to do. Listen to variety, listen with intent and try and identify what you're identifying with. Find your instrument. Once you do that, you can find your voice that may come after, after a couple of years, as Sean developed the cello uh, and then additionally learn the sheet music as you're finding your voice because you're going to have so much more fun and it will stick with you for years to come. Let's jump into how to get it, Sean. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to start this section with a story um, on how I got mine. So perfect. the, The first great place to find a music instrument is a music store. Um, there's no figure. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> perfect. So there, there's depending on the kind of instrument you're looking for, the different kind of stores you're going to look to. So if you're wanting to get into something that's a little bit more mainstream, drums, bass, guitar, singing, things like that, there's a lot of just general music stores that you can probably find in your area. I know there is, there are a ton in San Diego and they have generally the, some of the more common instruments accessories, stands, you know, chairs, things like that that you'll find in the music store. If you're going more something specific, like I went with the cello, you have to kind of go towards more string instrument stores. So like I went to Hammond Ashley when they were in San Diego. So you're looking for more of these specialized music stores. Um, And the way that I actually got my first cello is I actually won my first cello. Uh, Hammond Ashley, which is a, a very big string instrument store, they do they do repairs and lessons and stuff. And they were doing a grand opening in San Diego. And my mom took my brother and I, I think my dad went, can't remember. We went to this grand opening and they have like a quartet that played. And then they had an enter your name to win an instrument. And my mom dropped her name in the box. And we didn't get a call for three weeks. So my mom assumed it was over. And then she gets a call one day that goes, Hey, uh, your name was picked for the cello. Well, what size do you want? And so we actually ended up winning our first cello. Uh, and that's no kind of way, man. Yeah. So that was really what got me into it. Um, because when you're looking at instruments, depending on what instrument there are, obviously costs associated with that. So a cello is a relatively expensive instrument. I mean, depending (laughs) on where you're going for, you can go a $500 cello to a $4,000 cello, depending, or even higher, depending on what, what your professional playing abilities are and where you're at. So 
You know, mm. there's a great place that I think to start with instruments if you're if you're new to this is to start with a used market. And that's really big at music stores. They'll have used instruments. I know John can talk a little bit more about Guitar Center used if you're looking for instruments there. So I think a great place to start with instruments is either win one or <laughs> go the used route. Um, a lot of instruments also have rental programs. So I know you can rent my brother rented his clarinet when he learned how to play clarinet in elementary school. And you can you can rent instruments at a monthly fee. So there there are those different options, but mainly music stores are going to be the first place you go to. You're looking for used or new. I know, John, you can probably talk a little bit more about Guitar Center used. Yeah. So I actually bought a my dream snare drum on Guitar Center used. That was two years ago, I believe, at this point, 2019. And it was still expensive, still pricey, but it cuts a lot of that extra fluff off the top, if you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. And I just really like the idea of repurposing any type of material in the, in our current world that we live in, you know, the more we can reutilize stuff that is, again, a drum is it's hardwood. It's the one that I got, Sean is actually called the Pearl reference pure. And it is about as sexy as it sounds. It's a quick response. Um, it's, it's a, I think it's, it's a multi, uh, wood shell design. So it has a couple layers of birch and a couple layers of maple. And so the maple is very big and pronounced and the birch is quick and snappy. So you put those together and you get this perfect sounding drum in my opinion. And it's the response is great. It's, uh, you know, you get what you pay for with these music, these instruments. Uh, but I didn't have to pay as much and it's, it was a dream snare for me. So yeah, I I think, uh, just figuring out ways to, to utilize the used market as always. Uh, additionally, there are online stores these days and resources that you can, um, that you can use to either find the used gear or maybe new or somewhat new, uh, Adorama, I believe I'm saying that correctly. It's a dot com. They have everything from photo gear to music gear. Um, and a lot of times they have used and they kind of rate it like excellent to good, depending on, you know, what the, the current. Uh, and I think most websites do that. I think Guitar Center utilizes a similar rating scale of like, you know, great condition, good condition. But um, yeah, another great place. Uh, Instagram and Etsy as well. I've I've seen uh, there's at least for drums and I'm pretty sure this it you can probably find a local music store and or a music store in general that is using Shopify through Instagram. And that's how I found uh, this local drum shop uh, in our area. And they do a lot of great events and he's always getting tons of drums through his Instagram website. So yeah, use technology to your advantage listeners and try and get some score, some good used gear. Most of his stuff is used Sean. So he has a music store, but, uh, he only has so much that's new because there's so much more coming through the use side of it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a great way to cut some of that cost. And I know I'm with you, Sean, my, 
I think my starter drum set, and I'm going to, I'm going to say if anybody's interested in playing drums, go for quality. Uh, there, there's a, in as engineer, Sean and I have to kind of struggle through this in life. There is a break even point when it comes to your rate of return by what you're buying. So if you go for the $100 first act, whatever it may be, I can almost guarantee you, you will not be playing that instrument in a year or two. And that's just because the quality of the wood, the, I mean, we're talking about living, breathing pieces of this earth. And that sounds very sexy and it's true. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sean, I'm, I'm going off here. I love it. But, but you know, going up to the $400 range or, you know, again, if it's a guitar, Sean, I bought a guitar to play for the kids and I did some research around the $400 range. You're getting good value. It's not the best. It's not the worst. And it's great wood drums. My first drum set is a Pearl EX export kit I got for Christmas and I got that one. That's like, I think it's a $600 kit. I never checked because Santa gave it to me, but <laughs> um, yeah, highly recommend going. If you know, you want to try something the, Sean, you brought up a great point. The rental programs now mm-hmm. can be a great saver because you don't, you can test the waters and see if you really want to do it, go through your school program and, and, you know, utilize the piano in the band room, or maybe there's some instruments laying around there. There's always instruments laying around, Sean, right? I mean, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At church. Especially in the, in church or at school, there's always an extra something laying around that if you just ask the person standing there, it's either theirs and they'll probably let you play it or they know who it belongs to. That's right. So you utilize those community outreach areas to develop your passion and find your instrument and then save some money. So, uh, oh, and then Sean did want to share this. I think he got like a great deal, right? Your, your neighborhood watch. So I, yeah, I actually, <laughs> I actually sold an instrument on Nextdoor. So Nextdoor, okay. you, you've probably heard it. it. It's the really popular neighborhood app, but, uh, I had an electric guitar, an electric bass, and an amp that I hadn't played in years. I wanted it to go to somebody who was going to appreciate it. I put it up on Nextdoor. They have a, a little store similar to like Facebook Marketplace. And I put it up there. And a really cool guy from my neighborhood actually reached out within a couple of minutes and and said he was interested. And so he came by and I ended up striking a conversation with him about why he wanted the instruments. Cause they, they were okay quality, nothing, you know, fancy. And, and he said that he actually had been diagnosed with Parkinson's a few years prior and got into guitars to help keep his finger muscles working. That was a recommendation wow. from his doctor to actually keep his, his muscle memory, his hand-eye coordination, all functioning efficiently. And so he actually started playing guitars and then he developed this side hustle where he would buy guitars and basses, fix them up and then resell them on the used market. And so it was like, this is the coolest thing. This, this guitar was just going to be sitting in my room gathering dust. And now it's going to go to somebody who's actually going to use it for some putting some positivity out in the world. So next door, Facebook marketplace, your local neighborhoods, great places to find used instruments as well. Uh, They'll probably be on the cheaper end and, Sometimes the pieces just come with a really cool history, you know? I mean, 
the the guitar that I have mounted on my wall right now, my grandma actually bought for me. Oh God, ten plus years ago as a birthday present. And the story on it is the guy that she bought it from his dad before he passed away would actually take this guitar and play at local children's birthday parties in their town. And he was known as like the birthday party guitar guy. And he would go to all these (laughs) kids' birthday parties and he would play guitar at every single one and do a little live performance. And then when he passed away, his son was selling a lot of his instruments and, and sold this guitar to my grandma. And she ended up giving it to me as a birthday present. And while I've never learned how to affect like play guitar, like you would think play guitar, I play by ear. One of those things that I didn't do properly from the start, (laughs) I didn't learn sheet music, I play by ear. But to be able to hold that instrument and know the story behind it, sometimes makes it worth it, even more worth than buying a new instrument is knowing there's some history to the instrument you're playing. Well, and Sean, that is going to segue beautifully again into our get out and do it. And I want to I want to preface this, listeners. Sean just kind of laid it out perfectly. There are two paths here when it comes to instruments. Sean and I have both gone down the path of our first two points here. But then there's some additional points that provide you with another path. And I'll go into that a little bit more. but you can still enjoy an instrument without being absolutely fluent in it. And I think that is something we want you to take away as we launch you out here into the get out and do it and have fun with it. It's there are so many options to really enjoy and love musical instruments and music today, whether it's singing, as Sean said, or picking up an instrument and you can go down the rigorous You know, we're always going to preach, take some classes, get tutoring, learn sheet music. Uh, But additionally, you can just go more casual with it and and let it grow with you and and really enjoy this living, breathing piece of this earth in your hands. And I think that for me, that's what it is when I bought my my guitar, Sean. I really just love the sound. The wood is amazing when I pick it up. I want to play it. I want to have a relationship with it because it is, even though it is more casual, right? I, mm-hmm. I maybe pull up some tabs on online and play for the kids. Uh, but anyway, let's, I digress listeners <laughs> and I love music. You can tell Sean does as well, but we're going to tell you how to get out and do it and do it. Well, Sean, what do they need? The first step, and we'll say this in a lot of our episodes. If you know, if you listeners have listened to our episodes, you'll hear this time and time again. If you haven't, go listen to our past episodes. Uh, <laughs> but what really is important with hobbies, music specifically, is you have to start with a good attitude and patience because learning an instrument is not easy. It is something that is going to take time and effort and failures and mistakes and mm. wrong notes and being out of tune and getting frustrated. <laughs> that figuring is out all, the tuner. <laughs> figuring out the tuner. All of that is part of learning to play an instrument. And it's what makes it worth it when you get to a point where you feel confident in your playing is that you struggle through all of that. So it, it's important to remember to have a good attitude and patience, especially when it comes to 
just when you're trying to find an instrument, that's a good point to also have some good attitude and patience because it might be a lengthy process for some of you guys. I mean, it's yeah. not easy for some people to find the instrument they want. But, you know, if you just have a good attitude, you take some time, you put effort into it, you know, you know, what they always say, take 10 minutes of your day and pick up an instrument and play it for 10 minutes. If it's only 10 minutes you have, put down your phone for 10 minutes, you can do it. <laughs> and pick up an instrument and you'll be farther in the next year than you ever could have imagined. You don't have to become an expert overnight. I said it <laughs> probably too many times in the last five minutes, but good attitude and patience is crucial when you're learning any instrument or any aspect of music. It is important. Dedication, dedication, hard yes. work go so far today. Listeners again, Sean and I are living proof proof of this exact thing. We don't, we don't just tell you we practice what we preach. And that is exactly what we're doing every single day. I go to my band practice on Monday nights. I spend an hour and a half a week with my instrument. And I will tell you the compounding growth I see in my skills through that experience of only, only an hour and a half a week with the band is dumbfounding it, it actually defies logic and it's something that i think we don't really understand because a lot of times we don't even make it to that point we don't actually give ourselves the good attitude the patience that's necessary to even as sean said pick up the instrument for 10 minutes consistently let's do it let's let's commit to hard work and dedication when it comes to our craft i'm going to tell you right now it's power me up. It's jazzing me up I'm every single day. So let's talk about the next thing, which is take some classes and get some tutoring when it comes to your instrument that you have chose, that you have found, you want, you, you hear, you hear the voice inside your head and it's ringing like Christmas day, get out and take some classes and you will not look back and if you apply some of the things we said at the beginning of this podcast about learning the sheet music and, and uh, yeah, well, bringing Sean with you, he's going to be in your head. Good attitude, patience. <laughs> you can do this. You can do this. All right. So that was enough of a, of a spiel to, I think, get the listeners going, Sean. But uh, let's transition into the more lighthearted mm -hmm. uh, ending here, which is, you always have YouTube listeners. <laughs> always YouTube. And YouTube is really key uh, for those of us like myself who couldn't really afford private tutoring. So when I was, you know, getting into cello, I, the tutoring is expensive. If you can afford it, by all means, you will, it, your skills will improve tenfold faster if you are doing a, a class or a private tutor. I 100% believe that because they will be able to give you the tips and the tricks of what they learned and how to become a better player, but and the technique, which is in the technique. Exactly. But tutoring is expensive. I, I think I had five tutoring sessions in high school and that was only because I won a scholarship that was posted by the or by our local uh, music class that allowed me to, to afford those classes. So they're not, they're not necessarily always cheap. Uh, so I did a lot of stuff through YouTube. And I think it's really key to remember YouTube is a huge resource 
for music out there, not just listening to music. There are endless, endless lists of tutorials out there on every instrument you could possibly imagine on just playing techniques, how to do like, especially for guitar, guitar tabs. I mean, there are, there are endless videos on YouTube on how to play every single instrument you can possibly imagine. Yeah, it keeps coming back. I mean, I, I feel like when it comes to get out and do it, Sean, we, uh, we have our core values. We go to YouTube a lot and uh, I, I promise you listeners, we are not just making this stuff up. Uh, if you go on there, Sean actually told me the other day, it's the most used search engine in the world, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Uh, there's, there's a, you know, thousands of videos being uploaded every minute. So I'm sure you can find something to get you going. And I mean, again, I would just stress, don't let the idea that you're doing it remote from a human that you can slack off with your technique or your, again, a great resource, but with great power comes great responsibility. Right, Sean? Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I'm a Spider-Man lover. What can I say? Old Ben. Uh, all right. So, and this is where I come in with my, my, my guitar playing skills. Uh, Sean, I have to admit I'm a, I'm a tabber. I'm an online tabber. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, John. <laughs> uh, it, it's something that it gets you going, right? It's, it doesn't give me all the techniques that I need to know. And I'm not necessarily learning how to read the music firsthand, but I can play pretty much any song that I want to look up. And I, if I know my basic, basic chords. So yeah, guitar tabs dot what is it guitar tabs.com sean i think so let me google that real quick yeah let's let's throw that in the old google uh, machine ultimate hyphen guitar.com has 1.1 million song yes. catalogs for guitar tabs that's the There's one guitar tab.com but it's guitar e tab and Ooh. that has 200,000 tabs songster ultimate tabs.com but the ultimate guitar is the, I think the, the largest catalog of, of guitar tabs. And in case anyone is, has never heard of a guitar tab or a tab in general, John, can you walk us through what a tab is? Yeah, guys. So let me tell you, tabs are great. Uh, you, you put it in, you put in a song, any song you want into, into Papa Google and, and Papa Google spits you out this, all three of those sites with, various versions of the song, even sometimes in different keys, which we're not really going to get into what that is, but it's, it's just a change of, um, of, of voice is what I'll, what I'll say for the purposes of time, but yeah, jump in, check out the tabs. It, it has, it's an easier way to play. And it, it, a lot of times they provide you with finger placement and, um, they make it easy for you as a beginner to kind of get your feet wet. And I know it's actually interesting, Sean, John Mayer, one of my, Oh, another one of my favorite talk about sexy uh, vocals and guitar riffs. The man is a machine. We're going to nerd out after this. Just, I'm going to just for a couple minutes, uh, I'm going to take your time, but uh, yeah, he started with guitar tabs. I'm pretty sure that's like what was in his documentary. And, and then he just started writing and from there, the rest is history clearly, but 
I think what we want to leave you listeners as we're coming to a close tonight is that there are a number of ways to make the soup when it comes to music and musical instruments, but just have a lot of fun, you know, get out there, take chances, make mistakes. As we always say here on the how to hobby podcast, and don't forget to, you know, really enjoy the ride when it comes to music, dive into the story, get to know your instrument, enjoy what you're continually interacting with. Uh, I know for me, drums, it's, I think it's a beautiful instrument. Uh, piano can be very beautiful. Um, grand piano. So just enjoy and do it in the most effective way that you can. And I think you will find an unlimited amount of life-giving joy through the art of music. So Sean, thanks so much for your time tonight. Listeners, it's been a pleasure. We hope you've been enjoying these episodes as we continue to walk through every single hobby that Sean and I can possibly enjoy. And I think we still got a, a number left in the tank, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are connoisseurs of hobbies. <laughs> That's right. So guys, thanks so much for taking the time tonight. And Sean, I will talk to you next week.